the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The Bruce Hooley Show podcast is brought to you by HemisphereCoffeeRoasters.com. Creating jobs and restoring dignity one cup at a time. Good coffee doing good. Learn more at HemisphereCoffeeRoasters.com. Well, that was a major treat, having Andrew Clavin on the show for two segments. And he's a guy whose talents I admire, so I'm looking forward to seeing his play in Dublin, and in that vein, you got to arm yourself with guys who think and look and analyze things and do it in a way that brings new revelations onto our mind. So that's a really good reason to get the book of the month at 989theanswer.com or at theanswerdayton.com. The book of the month is The Dumbest Generation Grows Up. It's written by Mark Bauerlein, and it follows up on his book, The Dumbest Generation. So if you want to know understand and really figure out why today's young people are the way they are. This is a great book to get. If you are somebody who doesn't think that we live in an oppressive country, this book will explain how you can combat that in arguments. Go to 989theanswer.com or theanswerdayton.com. Sign up and get the book of the month today. That's really been one of the uh, pleasures of doing this show is that you get to talk to people who, you know, you respect and whose talent you uh, enjoy, um, thought leaders, conservative thought leaders. Uh, it was maybe a year ago we had Gad Saad on the show to talk about his book, The Parasitic Mind. Um, we've had others on the show, uh, and we'll have more. And it's part of what you get on 98.9 The Answer and 94.5 The Answer. You also won't see this reported anywhere, but I think it's really a great way to end the week as we have a half hour left in the program before we hand it off to the top of the hour. And very uh, explanatory of why we are where we are in our culture today. It's not a story that I enjoy reporting other than I like enlightening you and making sense of things so that, as I said a little earlier when we were talking about the book of the month, you'll be able to push back against the tide of culture that pushes lies as truth. So what do you think your odds are if you are somebody who, like Andrew Clavin back in the day, comes to faith in Christ, you want to live an obedient life, you want to live according to the Bible, you want to maximize your joy, your contentment, your service to others, What do you think your odds are when you go out and search for a Bible-believing church where truth is taught from the pulpit and the parishioners follow the Bible to, as I say, maximize their life in service to others and glorifying God for the gift of salvation through His Son Jesus at the cross? What do you think your odds are of finding a true Bible-believing church? Well, according to a study by George Barna, who's a famous researcher, Mr. Barna does his research now for Arizona Christian University, A 1,000 pastors were surveyed, slightly more than a third, 37%, have a biblical worldview. And the majority of those surveyed, 62%, possess a 
hybrid worldview known as syncretism. Uh, This is exceedingly depressing because uh, we are likened to sheep following a shepherd in the Bible. And if your shepherd leads you over a intellectual cliff, a theological cliff, uh, you will perish. And that is sadly where we are headed, according to this study. Among senior pastors, the percentage was higher. 41% of senior pastors have a biblical worldview. Associate pastors, just 28%. Uh, Teaching pastors, this is uh, really dangerous, 13% have a biblical worldview. And youth pastors, 12%. Uh, I have for a while been troubled. One of the other authors we had on the show was Vody Bauckham. Uh, Vody Bauckham and Vody Bauckham's a pastor, and he raised in our interview uh, what I thought was a really salient point, and that is why do we turn over the most impressionable members of our churches, our youth, why do we turn them over to our least experienced pastors, our youth pastors, right? Our youth pastors are the ones who are right out of college. And I'm not saying that, you know, you should eliminate youth pastors. I'm not saying that youth pastors don't have good, pure hearts. But parents, just like on school curriculum, should be deeply involved in their kids' spiritual formation. When I was a youth sponsor with my wife early on years ago, I actually had parents say to me, we really want you to make our kids more spiritual. Um, Not in my power, not my job. That's a parent's job. Don't put that pressure on me. I don't have the influence over them that you do, nor should I have the influence over them that you do or access to them that you do. So what is syncretism, this hybrid worldview? According to George Barna's research, uh, syncretism is a blending of ideas and applications from a variety of holistic worldviews into a unique but inconsistent combination that represents their personal preferences. More than six out of 10 pastors, 62% have a predominantly synchronistic worldview. And I see this right here in Columbus, Ohio. I'm sure it's the truth in Dayton. I'm sure it's the truth in uh, Coldwater, New Bremen, Coshocton, uh, New Albany. I'm sure it's the case everywhere where faith becomes an a la carte exercise. You know what a la carte is? Uh, You order a la carte at Hyde Park. You order a steak, then you order your side dish, you order your salad, you order your dessert. You pay for all of them separately. Nothing comes all-inclusive. A la carte. You pick what you want. I like that. I'll take that. Salvation? Sounds great. Sign me up for that. Joe Biden is an a la carte faith person. Nancy Pelosi, virtually every Democrat, I'll say virtually, leaving the possibility that there could be one who truly and authentically follows scripture. I haven't seen one in politics. I don't know how you could be one in real life. How you could vote for a party that wants to legalize and ensconce in law the murder of unborn children up to the point of delivery I would say you are an accessory to crime if you support that party. 
No, the Republican Party is not perfect at all. But at least we get the life issue right, which is the most important issue. So an a la carte faith is what you see at Tim Aaron's church in downtown Columbus. It's what you see at pro-LGBTQ plus churches. It's what you see at pro-abortion churches. Yes, there are pro-abortion churches. So this George Barna research is really, really discouraging because if you want to know why our nation is in trouble, this is why. If we are led from the pulpit by people who are leading incorrectly, inauthentically, not fully invested in the truth of Scripture and requiring it from their parishioners, again, not to win your salvation. That has nothing to do with your behavior. It's all through what Jesus did at the cross, and then you obey out of gratitude for that, and because you are a changed person. That's what his lordship means. Like he is, Savior is something everybody wants. Yes, please save me. A lord? Wait, you mean I'm giving up my authority to you? Yes. Yes, you are. Because... Jesus said when he ascended into heaven in Matthew, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to, not Bruce, not Bill, not Bob, not Lexi, uh, not, not Lucy, not Phyllis. All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me, he said. I will not argue with him on that. So 37%, only 37% of Christian pastors have a biblical worldview. How about parents? How about parents of preteens? How many of them have a biblical worldview? Have you stood outside a public high school lately and watched the kids filter out? You, if so, you will not be surprised that only 2% of parents of preteens have a biblical worldview. 2% of men... of women, 4% of whites, 2% of blacks. I'm not saying it. This is the study's results. Hispanics, less than one half of 1%. And less than one half of 1%, not surprisingly, among those who identify as LGBTQ. Columbus Mennonite Church would be right there in that group. One group within the general public that is more likely to possess a biblical worldview than pastors. This is where it gets really interesting. A group called Sage Cons. And this is us. Spiritually active, governance-engaged, conservative Christians. So you are engaged in conservatism, but you are spiritually active. You are invested. You are reading the scriptures. You are endeavoring to serve. You are not sinless. No one is. But spiritually active, governance-engaged, conservative Christians. 46%. More than pastors. More than pastors. What a fun show today. Man, pleasure to talk with Jason Miller of Getter. Get his perspective on the Senate races. 
Tim Ryan's in a lot of trouble, man. Uh, Tim Ryan on with John Roberts of uh, Fox. I believe it was yesterday. <laughs> uh, Tim Ryan keeps saying that he does not want Joe Biden to campaign with him or for him. Without saying he does not want Joe Biden to campaign with him or for him. But you tell me, is this what Tim Ryan is saying right here? Do you want President Biden to come out and campaign for you in Ohio? Hey, we'll, we'll see. Uh, we'll see. But the reality of it is I'm the face of this campaign. Yeah, he's the face of the campaign. And his position on abortion, and Nan Whaley's position on abortion, by the way, the Democratic gubernatorial candidate, is abortion right up until delivery. And that's an evil position. It just is. So the two, I'm sitting in my chair this morning. This is how I start my morning. To continue with our analysis of this George Barna study where only 37% of pastors in the U.S. have a biblical worldview where they adhere to God's truth. So I'm sitting in my chair this morning and I'm thinking about the show today. What are we going to talk about? I look at the headlines and I read my, my Proverbs. I read Psalms and I read something in the New Testament and I pray about stewarding this platform uh, in a wise way so it helps um, us be aware of how we combat issues in our life and, and lies in our life. Whether they're lies told at uh, you know school board meetings, or lies in the culture, or lies in you know our kids are bringing home from school, whatever it is, or in our own life, personal conviction type lies. So then I come across this George Barna study quite by accident. It was somebody printed it out yesterday, probably Bob Bernie, three thirty today on the Word eight eighty. Bob may be discussing this. I don't know. I haven't spoken to Bob yet today, but I uh, I ripped it off the printer because I thought I got to tell my audience about this in Dayton, in Western Ohio, in Central Ohio. Because it explains why we are where we are. 37% of pastors, only 37% have a biblical worldview. 12% of youth pastors. Man, you wonder why our kids are screwed up? There you go. There you go. They're indoctrinated in schools. I played the Dublin School audio for you. So they, they conducted this survey with 54 worldview-related questions. And the questions fell within eight categories of belief and behavior. And the results of the survey among the pastors showed that a majority of pastors adopted a biblical worldview in regard to only one of the eight categories. Only one of the eight categories. The only one where a majority of pastors held a biblical worldview was concerning life, purpose, and calling. Well, I hope pastors feel like they're called to the ministry. Uh Minorities had uh, biblical worldviews in relation to other things like family and the value of life. Mm, Wonder about abortion? There you go. Issues related to God, creation, and history. Mm, We've got Christian schools teaching anything but a seven-day creation. Taylor University does that. Indiana Wesleyan does that. 43% had a biblical worldview when it came to matters of sin, salvation, and one's relationship with God. Lowest of all is the category you would think would be at the top. Beliefs and behaviors related to the Bible, truth, and morality. Only 39% of pastors had a biblical worldview on matters related to beliefs, behaviors from the Bible regarding truth and morality. So in advance of seeing this study today, I'm sitting in my chair and I'm thinking about this. And I realized the great debate, what do I talk about on this show all the time? I talk about schools, or I talk about abortion, or I talk about 
transgenderism, LGBTQ issues. And it struck me that Satan always attacks man via prompting man to elevate himself over God's law. That's what we see here with these pastors picking and choosing, a la carte faith. That was the truth in the Garden of Eden. Oh, you're not going to die. Eat the fruit. No, you won't die. You'll be like God. And often the temptation is to violate God's moral law. It's as old as, you know, multiple wives in the Old Testament, David and Bathsheba, now LGBTQ, rampant adultery, divorce rate among Christian families, over 50%, supposedly Christian families. But it struck me that while it's unpopular to say and while it gets me criticized, it is nevertheless true that God establishes what is truth, not man. Man can disagree, but it doesn't change what God says, and it doesn't change what truth is. Belief and truth. Belief and truth are not the same thing. They can be the same thing. I can believe the sky is blue. And I can also believe that I could jump off a tall building and fly and land safely. And one, the fact that the sky is blue, my belief would be true. The other would get me paralyzed or killed. So those who advocate for abortion or boys becoming girls or girls becoming boys just because they believe that's how it ought to be, I I know they can defend their belief very staunchly, vociferously, angrily, but it doesn't change the truth that they are in conflict with according to God who establishes what truth is. Man does not establish what truth is. Pastors who believe in a hybrid view of what they think is right and what the Bible says is right, and that looks pretty good to me in the Bible, I'll take that, but no, that other stuff, Uh uh-uh, not for me. As I said before, when you ask people who are Christian people the Great Commission, they'll say, well, go and baptize people in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. That's only part of it. That's only the middle. The beginning is all authority. Jesus speaking, all authority. Not some, not what you feel like giving me. Not what you think is right, not what you agree with. All, all authority. In heaven and on earth, There's nothing left. It's one place or the other. Has been given to me. Therefore, therefore, because I have all the authority, I'm telling you what to do. Go, baptize. Make disciples. And what's the last part? Teaching them to obey what they feel like obeying? No, he did not say that. Teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. Not much wiggle room in that. In our country now, we are so blessed materially, so distracted technologically, politically, that we have elevated ourselves over God and into the position of God. We will determine when life begins and whether it flourishes or perishes. We will determine our own sex, regardless of how we were born. And while this is a different twist on this kind of hubris, it is not new. This was the case with the Tower of Babel, with Babylonian captivity of the Israelites. This was true at the time of the flood. Man can always find a way to challenge God's authority, but they do not and never will have a way to avoid his course correction. Because the truth of the universe is established by God, and he will ultimately 
and fiercely and fairly defend the limits in which man operates. It is the principle of sowing and reaping. Do not be deceived. God is not mocked. Whatever a man sows, that shall he reap. You reap what you sow, later than you sow it, more than you sow. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.